The race for King County Council between 20-year incumbent Kathy Lambert and challenger Sarah Perry has just taken a very ugly turn. Voters in the district began receiving mailers with photoshopped images of Perry and council member Germay Zahalai, which a majority of fellow council members have now condemned as racist. To talk about this, we are joined by the chair of the Washington State Democrats, Tina Podlodowski, and chair of the King County Democrat, Shasti Conrad. Hello to you both, friends. Uh, I thank you so much for taking the time. Shasti, I want to start with you. Can you describe the mailer in a little bit more detail? Uh, yes, I can. Um, so this mailer basically checks every single box that you can on racism and sexism and anti-Semitic propaganda. Um, basically, it was a mailer that was sent out to all of the voters in um, uh, King County Council District 3, which uh, Kathy Lambert currently represents. And um, it includes a uh, graphic that has uh, the only Black member of the County Council, Germay Zahale, who was elected two years ago, um, with a marionette sort of puppet um, as Sarah Perry, as this sort of dis disjointed body, alongside photos of Ashama Sawant, Kamala Harris, and Bernie Sanders. And it sort of uh, calls uh, Germay a Seattle socialist, says that he and Sarah are going to bring this type of uh, Seattle socialist behavior to the east side, and we have to keep that out. But it's absolutely gross. Um, and just horrible graphic design as well. So, <laughs> well, yeah, that is, but I mean, the fact that it ticks off all of the boxes that you said, I mean, it, it's just, uh, I've seen it myself. It's egregious. I will mention I live in the third. And so this is something that I have received myself. Uh, Tina, I'll ask you who paid for these mailers? Well, that's interesting because people have raised the issue that, oh, it couldn't be Kathy. It must be an independent expenditure. But these came directly from Kathy Lambert's campaign. That means Kathy Lambert had to approve this particular mailing going out. And it's the first and it's one of two that have gone out. Um, this one is particularly racist, sexist, xenophobic, anti-Semitic, just vile. Um, but it's also not disingenuous from the way that Republicans have tried to run outside the city of Seattle. They've tried to portray the city of Seattle as some sort of socialist hellhole filled with, oh my gosh, diverse people. Isn't that a horrible sort of thing and blatantly racist? And they continue to do this. In fact, my colleague um, on the w, uh, Washington GOP, Caleb Heimlich, talks about this all the time. Shasti's colleague, Joshua Freed, who I'm sure she's would love to talk about, I'm sorry to make you talk about him, does this all the time too. So this is what they have left, um, is this sort of horrid, racist, negative, untrue campaigning that's trying to other anybody, um, frankly, who's, who's not a straight white person in the state of Washington. Well, you know, you bring up leadership uh, of, you know, of both the King County uh, GOP and the state GOP. Have either of your colleagues there said anything about these flyers, either from the King County GOP or the state GOP, Tina, have you heard anything? Not a thing from them. And again, I, I don't expect to hear anything from them because this is a campaign tactic that they use again and again and again. Chesty, how about you from Joshua? Yeah, not a word. But you know, he also has his block because he's afraid of us. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, no, no, I have not seen a single Republican disavow. Um, these this this type of campaigning these tactics at all not a one has come out to say this is too far 
And it's my understanding that Kathy Lambert herself has made comments and has essentially doubled down. Am I getting that right, Tina? Oh, I think she's tripled down. First, she said, um, oh, uh, that uh, Council Member Zahili is a socialist, so that's why I'm doing it, which is interesting because she sits next to him on the dais and would know that he's a proud Democrat. And then um, she said, well, of course he should know that this isn't racist. I mean, I do work in Africa, right? I, 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 I don't know what to say. Please, please which, go for it. I know, which is like, this is her go-to talking point. Um, I am also on the board of One America and we interviewed um, her and Sarah Perry. And when she was asked about, you know, how would you, how would you stand up for like the Black Lives Matter movement and, and more diverse uh, people in your district, in your community, that's that was her default. Well, I have black and brown children, you know, and I do work in Africa, completely missing the point. And, and um, one of the things that I've really wanted to talk about, many people know that I am um, a transracial adoptee raised by a white mother. And I have seen Kathy use her kids as this like, you know, sort of uh, shield against her racism and it's i it just makes me sick joshua freed has done the same thing when he's been like oh i have asian people in my family and it's like that's not that is that you you cannot i have a black friend your way out of this um and it's totally disgusting and gross i'm gonna ask both of you to speculate here on why you think kathy lambert would have resorted to something like this tina do you have any thoughts well, it's clear in the primary that Kathy um, just barely percent mark um, in terms of folks voting for her. And as an incumbent, that is a horrible place to be. It's, it's you froze up there for just a second, so I'm going to have you repeat that. 40 percent in the primary, is that right? She hit 40 percent in the primary. And of course, Sarah Perry, um, uh, and plus the votes that were there for Chris Franco, another Democrat, hit the 60 percent mark combined. And so it's a very poor place for an incumbent to be. She knows that her district has changed. She has not changed with her district. In fact, she's not changed her views, um, I would say, in decades. Uh, so this is a place where I feel she's very desperate and she's playing to these fear mongering racist tropes again and again and again in an effort to try to find votes. I think it's, uh, I guess at the very least embarrassing to her to do something like this. But the reality is it is blatantly straight up racist. It is blatantly something that the Republican party has been doing in diverse districts across the entire state of Washington and in rural districts to try to other anyone who is different in any way, shape or form, whether you're talking race, gender, uh, if they're uh, immigrant, first gen, second gen immigrant, uh, different religions, anything, they are trying to other and push out this the theocracy essentially, because you hear about these missionary trips to Africa all the time. This is what they're viewing this as, is a mission. It's not about democracy, it's about a theocracy. So I think that this is very consistent with the current leadership of this state party, particularly Caleb and Joshua, both of whom are out lecturing at churches, 
both of whom buy into this theocratic sort of movement around the Republican Party and their switch to a far, far right. So it ties into so many different things, whether you're talking about uh, the militia movement, the QAnon movement, the conspiracy sort of movements, uh, this desire to split the state into you know one half and the other to the state of liberty, which is a white theocratic homeland. I mean, it, it really sort of plays into all of this, and it is deeply, deeply dangerous for our state. I so appreciate you putting all that into context and, and really underscoring the fact that uh, there are a few uh, basically policy positions left for the GOP. And this is really what they're driving for and they're driving at it hard. Uh, Shasti, do you have anything that you would like to add on why Lambert may have resorted to this tactic? I mean, it's definitely a, a desperation tactic, right? Like, if you feel confident that you can win on your track record and you can win on your vision for the district, you don't pull this. Like, that's not what you do. So I do think that it is a sign of absolute, like, fear. And they know, which we are seeing this happen across the United States, which is this, as Tina laid out so beautifully, like, this sort of white theocracy, you know, we want the old days of the United States, which is basically about white control. We are seeing how that movement it is grasping at the last sort of breaths of all of this. And that's what Kathy is doing. You know, they are playing on these racist tropes, sadly, because it'll probably work a little bit. But it is, you know, it's, it's also a sign of, you know, that basically this is this is all they have. This is this is where they're going to go. Um, and that district has shifted. You know, I, I think one of the things that I've noticed is that these incumbents, instead of looking at the shifting demographics and being like, oh, look, my district has probably grown a little bit more progressive. Maybe I should maybe I should adjust my policy platform. Maybe I should change with the times. They double down on these old tropes. They go back to sort of like and they and they and they go bigger. I mean, they, it's just insane to me that she has chosen this rather than recognizing that in 2016 and in 2020 her district voted for clinton and for biden that's just where they are at she's been there for 20 years she's out of touch with that district she no longer represents those people when we talked to her about um supporting communities of color in her district she was like oh yeah those foreigners who come to microsoft like that's what she she couldn't wrap her mind around the fact that there are black and brown people who are born in this country doing great work or who are coming to this country for a variety of reasons and adding to society and making us better she couldn't wrap her mind around it and that it's like she's just so done and so represents the past that we have got to leave her there we're we have to be done you know, you talk about how this tactic has been tried before, and I, I am thinking about uh, how it was used essentially against uh, Moncadengra in 2017, uh, basically trying to tie an east side candidate to socialism, uh, anti-police stances. It backfired then. Um, given everything that Shasti has just said about the third, Tina, what are your thoughts about how it's going to play there? I think it's going to backfire again, but I also think that it might backfire on a broader set of people who have been funding and supporting Kathy. Um, it, for example, the realtors. The realtors who've been funding conservative candidates throughout the state of Washington, whether it's in the Spokane City Council races, um, or whether it's in this particular race where they've cut checks to Kathy. You know, the realtors came out really strong 
and saying they wouldn't be engaged in this sort of racist campaigning when money that they put into an independent expenditure sent out incredibly racist mailers against current state senator uh, Tawana Nobles in the 28th um, in the in 2020 around those races. They made it very clear we're not going to participate or pay for this sort of stuff. So what are they going to do now? Are they going to ask for their money back from Kathy? Are they going to say, hey, um, you know, we're not going to fund these different kinds of candidates. We need to hold them to count here. Same with places like the Bellevue Chamber of Commerce, which is kind of ironic. The Bellevue Chamber uh, has come out big for Kathy Lambert. Um, and there, of course, their um, executive director is Joe Fain, somebody who has a very credible rape allegation against him, who lost his state Senate race to um, the incredible Mona Doss in the 47th district, uh, who's exceedingly bitter about that, who put out the most ridiculous maps as a commissioner, uh, one that the GOP put into our redistricting commission, which was a slap in the face of every person of color and every woman in the state of Washington. What are they gonna now do about something like this? And then of course, there's that one endorsement that um, so many folks like Kathy Chase, and that's the Seattle Times. The Seattle Times endorsed Kathy Lambert. Well, they sit at a crossroads right now. Are they going to continue to endorse somebody who's clearly racist, sexist, I would say homophobic, as somebody who has known Kathy from my time on the council, um, somebody who has never supported my family as a, as a proud lesbian mom, uh, married for 20 years with three kids. She does not support my family. She does not support values of inclusiveness. What are all of these folks going to do and, and indeed, let's not forget Pete von Reichbauer and Reagan Dunn as well. So uh, this is a moment of reckoning and we need to take it and to do this work with it. Before I let you both go, a couple things. Um, we know that there are gonna be a lot of indivisibles who are gonna be out canvassing uh, in the third for Sarah Perry. And you know, when they get asked by uh, voters, potential voters about the accusations on these flyers, socialism, being anti-police, things like that, how do you think people should respond? I mean, I think that it's just, it's, it is clear that Sarah Perry is uh, the right person for this moment, right? Like she has a vision for the district. She has organized like no, no, no other person can rival the way that um, Sarah Perry can, can bring people together, put them to work. I think you have to be able to show that this is, um, that there's a clear uh, delineation between these two. I think also we have to say firmly, you have to get up off your seat and participate. Like um, Michelle Alexander is the author of the new Jim Crow said, you know, we are in a moment that is calling for all of us to get off the sidelines. And so you may not like, you know, maybe it doesn't feel quite right. You're a little bit concerned about the, you know, police or socialism, all that stuff, but you know, clearly that this type of racism and sexism and xenophobia, all of that, there's no place for it. We cannot allow that. And you know that everyone, I know that Democrats over there know that in their heart of hearts. And so they've got to do what they need to do, which is to get those ballots in for Sarah Perry. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and Tina, I'll just ask you to dovetail on that. I go in and knock on the door of uh, maybe somebody who's a, a soft Republican or a soft, or, or you know, somebody who's kind of in the middle. Uh, and I and I'm greeted with, you know, well, I hear Sarah Perry is is a socialist. She's she's anti-police. How do you respond? Um, nothing could be further from the truth. But I would stop and ask, what has Kathy Lambert done for you in the last twenty years? 
you know, this is a growing area of King County. This is an area that's dealing with issues related to housing and affordable housing. She chairs the Affordable Housing Committee at King County, and she has done nothing to deliver for her district. Transportation issues. What has she done in terms of transportation and making it easier for folks to get around? How is she dealing with the growth issues in the small cities that are getting bigger and bigger and bigger? How is she dealing with the infrastructure issues? You cannot point to one thing. I can't point to one thing, and I researched this before we talked, that Kathy Lambert has actually delivered for her district during her tenure as a county council member. The time where folks get elected and people don't notice because county council, you know, it's a little different than city council. It's a little different than the state legislature. But these seats are so pivotal to how we utilize our land, to how we utilize our resources, how we create the best opportunities for people. And no one is better at that than Sarah Perry in doing that. She's done it in the nonprofit world. She's done it in the for-profit world. She's delivered to make sure that people get opportunities to be able to improve their lives, their kids' lives, and have safe, wonderful places to live, to work, to play. Kathy hasn't delivered on any of those. So Kathy may be throwing that socialist label out, but you know what? Put in any other word, because if you're down and doing essentially schoolyard name calling, you've already lost the race. And just full disclosure, uh, I mentioned that I live in Sarah's district. She has uh, my full endorsement and the full endorsement of this show. Um, I will ask uh, one final question, and that is about an open letter that the two of you have co-authored. Um, and people can go there to sign it. Shasti, what, uh, what can you just briefly tell us about the open letter? You know, Tina and I yesterday we got together because we were so outraged about what this, what what was happening, and we wanted to make a very clear statement that was we will not stand for this. And so we are calling not only for an apology um, for the council members Adelaide um, and to Sarah Perry, but also to for some accountability. Um, and Tina just laid out earlier, we have not heard anything from the Republican Party. We have not heard anything from the Republican colleagues on the county council. We have not heard anyone on their side say this is a bridge too far. And so this letter, we are asking anyone who believes that we are done with this type of rhetoric, that it's not okay, wants to stand in support with council members Ahale and Sarah Perry and stand, in, stand alongside Democrats, please sign on to this letter. And I will have a link to that letter in the show notes. Uh, Tina Polodowski, Shasti Conrad, I know you are both extremely busy. So I, I so thank you both very much for, uh, for coming on today. Thank you so much. And you always have an amazing show, Stephanie. Thank you.